lovely to see you. Um, sorry for the repetition there. Um, how are you and how have you been? We've not recorded. <laughs> well, we've recorded. I thought we recorded. You tell that I, I, our technical abilities for the use of anyone listening is we've gone from one platform to another platform. Headphones, not headphones. Really? Microphone, not microphone. We've just spent 15 minutes talking to you all to realise we're not talking to anyone but ourselves. But hey, I'm really good, thanks, Mark. Um, I've yeah. been super busy. I've also moved location, and you did just tell everyone you're about to tell us again that you're busy with your house. Yes, um, yes, yes, it's been really busy with the house. Um, um, we're still doing lots of renovation work, but um, I was just explaining, we've had some sort of issues this morning with um, leaky pipes um, running from the bathroom into the playroom for the little man. Um, so need to look at that later on today. Um, and then I was just suggest just saying how um, life balance at the moment. Lorraine is away this week, um, so I'm doing the the, the school drop off and pick up, which I'm really enjoying. So our little man started school uh, week before last, so I'm doing stuff that I haven't done for a very long time, and it, I, I love it. It's so lovely to drop the little drop the little guy off at school, take him to his peg, let him put his stuff on the peg, and he says goodbye, and then he's really excited about going to school. Um, and then picking up in the afternoon and sort of seeing his face. It's lovely. Uh, was he scared? Well, was he scared to start school? Like, it's a big thing. Like, some my mum cried when I started school and I didn't. I, I know that much. But. Oh, well, he, he did. He did cry a little bit. But he doesn't. He, that was last week. He's, he's got over it quite quickly. But the interesting thing about his school is it's a very small school. It's a local school. We live out in the sticks, as I've said many times over here. Uh, and his whole year size, in his year... Um, there are six, six kids. Oh, um, wow. Four boys and two girls. Um, so it's very, very, I don't call it intimate, but it's a very small school. <laughs> and they, they combine. Tiny. It is, but it's lovely. There's lots of teachers and the teachers are great. The school facilities are great. Um, but it's nice for him to get, it's a nice way for him to get into school, if you like. So it's not going into a classroom of 30 odd kids. Um, so it's, it's lovely in that respect. And I, I, was t- I was reading with him last night um, and it just brings me, takes me back with my 15 year old, sort of 15, oh, 10 years ago now, doing the same sort of thing with him. So, but the point of all that was what <laughs> has allowed me to go to take him to school and back was, as we're about to discuss today, our subject of discussion is um, what is a freelancer and stuff. So we might as well launch straight into it. And uh, want to be a freelancer came from want to be a spaceman, which is an Oasis song for anyone who's listening and as old as I am can remember Oasis. Um, so, yeah, I guess, look, freelance, we've spoken about it before. You know from my conversations with Chris Doe that I have massive tensions around the word freelancer. I don't like being called a freelancer. I like to think that I had my own business and I contracted out to other companies. But in our industry, we've got two freelancers in my studio at the moment. They are amazing. But a freelancer is very much paid to go in and, and paid for the time that they contract out for. So freelancers are generally paid in time versus, and you know both sides of this, Mark, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, is that versus having your own business. So having your own business, you're obviously involved in a lot more things and you're normally paid by the results that you get for whoever you're working with. Um, you know, it's the same difference as a business, as, a, as an agency. We're paid per job. We're not paid for the, the time, obviously, is costed into the job, but you're not paid on a time scale basis. So I guess a freelancer is someone who goes in, contracts out to a company. Your own business within the confines of design would be you do all of the work, but you get paid for the results you get. And you've done both, Mark. You have both in kind of juggling of both at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, do, you have, do you have a similar definition or do you, do you define it completely different or do you have it similar? Oh, I, very, very simply. It's a hired gun. 
effectively. You're a, you're a hard <laughs> and it sounds quite cool when you put it that way. But the other way I put it is um, the freelance is the guy or girl that every full-timer wants to be. And I always found this the case that uh, working in the world of agencies, design agencies for oh, 20 years plus, um, the freelancers used to come into the agency when you were when I was sort of working on a sort of full-time basis is uh, what a lifestyle it must be to be able to sort of rock the rock and roll guy who comes in, does a job, leaves. Once the job's done, he goes on to the next job, to maybe another agency or wherever it might be. And I used to love the idea of that and the freedom, the flexibility, because I guess being a full-timer, you get involved and embroiled in the politics of a business. And as a freelancer, you never had that. And I always used to feel that they could just sort of, when you used to have big team meetings and stuff, the freelancer, oh, I'm not gonna get to that. I don't need to get involved in the, those sort of big corporate discussions. And I always used to like that, like the idea of the freelancers. For, 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 it's quite simply that. So yeah, to me, a freelance is a hired gun. Somebody comes in, gets the job done, and then goes, but make sure the job's done properly. Um, I think that's what constitutes a good freelancer. Someone can get the job done properly, cleanly, in and out. <laughs> that's how it should be done. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's my that's my definition of a freelancer. And so talk to me a little bit more about, like we've just talked a little bit there about the benefits of using or being a freelancer. And you've obviously clearly stated why you like it. You like being in and out without the corporate bullshit, if you will. That's one of the reasons, yeah. The benefits of being a freelancer and using a freelancer. um, I've split it into two um, in in my sort of thoughts here. So being a freelancer, we know that the benefits are the independence, the autonomy, and fundamentally is the flexibility of going into the job diverse client base when you're a freelancer because you work with lots of different brands if you if you're working with one agency um the chances are you'll be limited to the just the clients that they've got and you and generally it's going to be a sort of a sort of minimal amount of brands yet as a freelancer you get to open that spectrum up which is always lovely to experience not just other brands but the other benefit is also experiencing other design agencies um which is always lovely because you come across some great designers working as a freelancer so building the network is another thing too. So there are so many benefits to being a freelancer, um, but then also using a freelancer as well. So as, as an employer of someone who perhaps is going to be um, involving freelancers in their own projects, um, you've got the op- opportunity to use varied skill sets. You can apply your freelancer skills to the particular brand you're using. So you don't necessarily have to, if you're not going to use your people in your own team, you can pick and choose the, those people who've got the right skills and the right experience. And the good thing is you don't often, if you're using a freelancer that, as I've just said before, you don't, the, the freelancer doesn't have to get involved in the business politics of things. I think for the most part, when using a freelancer, you can often find freelancers who perhaps at the right level, if you're looking for a senior designer and that senior designer might have massive amounts of experience. So I think you can leverage quite a lot when you're working on projects. So. Those are the benefits of being and using a freelancer in my mind. Have you, have you got anything to add to those, Liz? Yeah, look, I, th- I think to your point, like I think I like I, we have some amazing guns that come into our studio. Um, and yeah, and I think that is where you can leverage like who's the right person for the type of work we do. From a freelancer's point of view, I mean, I, I freelance a little bit. I, it wasn't for me. I, I'm not a big fan of it. I like to belong to something, be part of something. You know, and obviously because I wanted to do the CD thing. I'm kind of used to doing all the corporate rubbish and getting involved with it because I'm the one who tries to make it easier and understandable for my team. So that's just something that I personally, I don't enjoy it, but it's part of my role of how to shape it and make it better. So I feel as though there's 
I like to kind of fight against conflict. I think I'm kind of, I'm a little rebel alliance, I suppose, in, in my own way. And so I personally didn't like being a freelancer. I like to belong to something bigger. But we've all been there and gone, I wish I had the freedom to, if I want to take four weeks off, take four weeks off. But that's only as good as, as long as you can get the work when you need the work. So I think I love using freelancers. We've got some amazing ones. And we've actually not, I mean, one of them's contracted to us for six months at the moment because she's that good. She suits the kind of work that we do. But then to your point, you kind of, but she's actually not moving around and getting all that diversity. So I think you want different things. If you go freelance, and we'll talk a little bit more in a minute as to like, I actually think you're better to go freelance where you've got the experience and you've niched down and you've been, and I know a lot of people now want to go freelance straight away because I want to just do my own thing and I, I want the flexibility of choosing who I work with and everything. It's really hard <laughs> to get into the industry now and get a job at a good agency and stay there. I like, you learn so much. I think when you're early in your career, you learn so much by being around consistent people that you learn to trust and you learn to be with. Whereas I think when you're more senior and you've got the experience under your belt, that's when you freelance because you go, People, I know enough people now that they know what my superpower is and they know that I'm here when I need them. And if you make yourself like nice to work with, like we've tried a few different freelancers and I tell you the ones that we bring back in are the ones that are nice people to have in the studio, get the job done without fuss. And yeah, they don't want to get involved in the corporate rubbish, they just want to do the work. But the ones that work better are the ones that work with the team. So I think you would do well in freelance and obviously you have done because you're quite good at getting on with people, you know, whereas I'm sure not everyone, it's not for everyone. No, it's I'm not. I'm sure being I've, a freelancer is I've not. I've studios where a, a, a freelancer next to me, whilst this is years ago now, he lost his temper a little bit with the client manager or client director who was discussing them. And it was quite obvious that he was getting really uptight because the client manager at the time hadn't necessarily received the right feedback or given the right feedback and the designer God was getting really frustrated and lost his rag a little bit uh and he wasn't next day he wasn't sat next to me and the, the guy the client manager obviously said listen I can't work with someone who sort of gets a bit frustrated and shows his frustration like that verbally and he did get a bit angry so he he didn't get to work there again this is the problem you have to be you have to be a people person and as a, as a freelancer, the flexibility of being able to adapt to different environments, not to different environments, also different people, because you're working with different types of people for every project and every client you're working with. And by client, I'm invariably talking about design agencies you're working with. One thing I wanted to also touch on is the flip side of the benefits are the downsides to being and using a freelancer. Now, there's a few of these, and I don't want to boost the negative side of it, because there aren't that many, if I'm really honest. Um, but one of the biggest things is stability, which most freelancers who are thinking about going into the world of freelance know that there's that's what's going to potentially happen. So if you're a full timer working with a, in a business full time and you're toying with the idea of being a freelancer, you're invariably going to start weighing up. OK, I've got an income here, which is um, regular income. I know where I stand. I know what that income is going to be. I know where I stand at the end of each month um, versus a freelancer who perhaps sometimes can earn a little bit more but there's going to be times where that fluctuates uh and if i'm honest it often evens out but the stability is a big thing you don't have the stability of someone who's working a full-time role not just in terms of financial uh pay but also the teams you're working with teams up and down some you get on really well with some which are a little bit are a little bit reluctant to use you some people feel like they've been forced into a into a freelance job 
and they don't necessarily want to be there because they're not really want to write brand right but they've been forced to because they haven't had work for some time and I think there's a really interesting point behind that because when you look at the differences between when you are freelance and you go into an agency you're being directed you have control over what you're doing you're being not being told what to do but you're being directed as to what you're going to work on and everything and from I mean only from talking to the freelancers I have in my studio like they're like oh God, I have to go and work I've been working there before crikey I tell you and they and they because creative people, we might like to pretend that we're all big and bold and, you know, we're indestructible, but we're a little bit sensitive underneath. And I think it's definitely from some of the studios I hear that people go to and they're constantly being berated for the way that they work. We're like, oh, it's not good enough. Or, like, you know, I have high standards, but the way I deliver criticism is different, obviously, hopefully, and that people want to come back and work for us. But, you know, it can give some people a, a confidence knock. If you're going to studios, especially when you start out and you're trying different ones and you're working for people and different types of people, if you start to take that personally, it can massively knock your confidence. And if it knocks your confidence, that's going to knock your ability to go out and go, hey, I'm available, I'm great, I'm awesome, hire me. So I think that you can easily fall into this vortex of because you're being directed, if the person you're being directed with doesn't give like with all our creative directors that we've worked with and gone, oh, crikey, they were tough. And when it's a full-time job, it's easier to take it because it's your job and they're not going to fire you. But if you're a freelancer, like I feel like it can really, really take you down. It's, it's quite a strong job to do. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, because you balance going into agencies for freelance versus having your own business. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the differences and the nuances because I, I personally love the idea of having your own business. And when I, before I was at SGK, I did more work directly with clients. So I do the strategy work for them and I loved it. I love the control that you'd have of, you know, going in and, and you make all the calls and they buy into you. So if they buy into you, that's great. But you also have to do, and this is a bit, I hate your own marketing or the contracts, all of those legal and financial and business-based things that when you're part of an agency, you perhaps don't have to worry about as much. So tell us a little bit about the two and which you like the most or, you know, how you manage to juggle them both. If I'm totally honest, that is the biggest challenge is that juggle. Um, and I, I'm not, I won't be shy about it. It does become a bit of a headache sometimes. And it, it really happens, but you'll have some times where you've got a client, my own client for my own business, this one, saying <laughs> they need, a, need, a, need something delivered by a certain set date. And then I'm also being asked by um, a freelancer client, an agency saying, are you free this particular week? Because we've got a lovely project, three to four weeks, um, perfect brand, let's say drinks brand that you perhaps worked on in the past. We can really do with your experience. Um, and what I found is it's honestly the best policy here. So just being as open as possible and says so it's not trying to say that I want to be a yes man to everyone. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. And then you get to that crunch point and say, I just can't deliver here. You're performing poorly. Um, you're having to work uh, 12, 16 hour days because you've committed to both. Um, I think the reality is you have to try and balance that out and sort of really understand that if you're you're a human being and you talk to these people as a human being and say listen uh i've got a job on in the next couple of weeks i'm really sort of stacked out i'm not going to be able to deliver on that one you have to just weigh it up really um and for the most part i think your clients and the agencies are, are generally quite good about that the agency might say that it's all very good um we'll find someone else for now and we'll come back to you in a couple of weeks and see if you're free or in some cases it's happened where they say okay we can hang fire that project doesn't need to be delivered we can wait until you're free yeah, and we do that. We do that. We do that in our studio as well. There are people that we like to have in, and we'd rather wait to have someone we know is trustworthy 
So it's all about build, building your networks on both sides, isn't that's it, I it. Guess. And that's, that, that's also the biggest one as well, because you want to be able to build that network. And you touched on it before. One of the challenges is when you have an agency who's, who asks you to, let's say, for example, a six-week project. Six weeks is quite a long block. Um, my ideal project time might be two to three weeks with an agency. That gives you enough time to um, get up to speed with the project or brand you're working on, get involved with the creative, get to know the team you're working with, um, work to the best of your creativity and ability with the CD or whoever you're working with. Um, any longer than that, it tends to get a bit tired. And then you start going into rounds of amends. And when you start going into round 20, round 25 of a project, you as a freelancer, even though you know you're being paid for a job, you do get a bit tired of it. And it sometimes it shows in the work you're producing. And any good creative director or sort of someone who's in working with you will start to see you're getting a bit tired now. I'm not seeing you firing on all cylinders. Again, it's about being honest about it and see lessons. I'm I kind of feel like I'm pushing towards the back end of this. Um, and I don't think it's anyone's fault there. That's just generally down to the way in which we all work. It's no different to a full-time staff. If a full-time member of a team is working on the same thing for so long, you need to you need to freshen it up sometimes yeah, because people exactly. get like creative people get stale, and that is freelancers as well. And then I think because you're so used to the going, you're so used to the flex between different types of people, you might also get a little bit more. Like, I want to work with someone different. Yeah, it's true. And I think the other challenge you've got there, and I think you touched on it before, is when you're working on a project, a particular project, and let's say you're getting to that stage where it seems it's getting a bit stagnant. Is if you're being honest and make sure the client, the agency is being honest with you too. Rather than just suddenly cutting ties and that we don't want to work with um, Mark again, um, and then you just suddenly cut ties and you don't get any feedback, that's when you start to, as a freelancer, you develop tough skin. But when you get the cold sort of, the um, what's it, that cold cut, yeah. and you're like, well, yeah. you know, I thought everything was going well. Yeah. It can sometimes it's completely out of your power. It can be yeah. the client. Yeah. The client is I can assure so. I can assure I can assure you, Mark, 90% of the time it's about the money. And if someone in their agency can do the job that's already on their payroll, they get rid of a freelancer. And but as a as a sensitive creative soul, you go, Oh my not very good at money. Yeah, what's happened? Yeah. Why have they why have they dropped me? It's like being sort of dropped or ghosted by a girlfriend or what well, boyfriend in this case is, <laughs> you, know, you just don't know why they suddenly stop calling me. And then you you find out down the line they come back to you and oh, why didn't someone just tell me because you often ask the recruiter or whatever you've been using uh, the agency so um, any particular reason and they say it can often be budgets um, or the client has pulled the project they got to a certain point which happens you get to stage twenty five of a project and suddenly a brewery or whoever it might be has said look we're no longer doing this anymore it's been cut we're moving on to another brand on the project or it's that the npd or research it proved it's not it's not a working um, product a viable product for us question trying to find that balance it's about being honest with each other you as a, someone using the freelancer be honest and open with your freelancers and as a freelancer being honest and open with um uh, the people you're working with and also be open and honest with yourself because the amount of recruiters that might ask you what you can do and you're like i'm desperate for money i'll do anything and then they'll place you in a job and you ended up doing animation when your background is packaging design. And we're all about learning new skills. But when you go into a new place, they've asked you to go in and do a particular job. And someone said, oh, you've got this skill set like that can ruin your reputation. So I think it's to your point, to clients, to agencies, to whatever. I'll be super transparent and honest. Like 
this is what I'm good at. And I actually have a great freelancer in at the moment where we've got a financial bank project, which is not something that's in our expertise. It's an overseas bank project to rebrand at the moment. And, you know, kind of hoping that the freelancer that we've gone like, have you ever worked with this before? And he's like, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I've never done anything like this before. But at least I know rather than going, cool, we've got this covered. Like our freelancer knows. It's more like, all right, globally, what do we have? So I think being honest, I have so much more respect for someone definitely as a CD of someone going, actually, I, I'm not sure, but here's, here's what I think. Um, and that honesty will carry you through. And often, if you're using someone perhaps who has multiple years of experience in a particular industry, their creative can be a little bit samey. So sometimes bringing someone who's from a, who works in a different category or within a diff, from a different industry, um, bringing that experience on board can often benefit you. And you see it sometimes. This is something I haven't seen before. And you're, when you're presenting it, you know this is something. This has got legs here. We, we can work with this. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. And I think the agencies are moving a bit more to that model. So I think we definitely, in some of the people we've lost, we've said, well, let's not definitely hire someone who's a certain type of person. We've gone, let's just kind of use a little bit of freelance resource and see how we juggle it with the kind of work that we bring in. Because we had a lot of people who've been there for a long time, and that's no disrespect to those people. But you just, you, we all like to say we haven't got a style, we've all got a style. We can flex that style. But even me as a designer, I have things that I'm better at or worse at. And I just think sometimes within an agency, you've got to cycle, you've got to rotate and bring in fresh energy, people who are fresh to projects, people who are fresh to ideas. Um, and, you know, and, and the people who've been working on the same stuff a long time, whereas as a freelancer, you never fail for that, do you? You're constantly stimulated by new challenges, new briefs, new things, um, which some people hate. They don't like being thrown in at the deep end. So make sure if you're thinking about being a freelancer, you think about that first because you don't have control over what you work on sometimes. I think everyone leaves to be a freelancer and goes, ah, oh, I get to do what I want now. Like I can work on what I want and I can do my own thing. And then after like two months ago, I really need some work. <laughs> People leaving a particular company and saying they're going to go freelance, even as a freelancer, I used to sit in agencies sometimes, just years ago, seems years ago now. But um, seeing freelancers leave, or sorry, seeing designers leave their full time role to go freelance, and then within a couple of months they've come back again because it well, didn't quite work out or they couldn't get any work. And it's quite, it happens quite a lot, but it comes down to your experience and more importantly, that network that you build up because you'll have agencies you're working with who will ask you back. And when you have multiple versions of the agencies who ask you, that's when you can start to tighten. So your years, years worth of work, when you've got sort of agencies that marry up with one another in some way, so your work sort of overlaps, not necessarily overlaps, but you can all pieces together. When you have those long stints, there's a good chance that's a six month block, which is quite a long period of time, certainly in the UK nowadays. Um, when you get to that, you've lost pretty much all that sort of, continuity of working with their agencies that they probably lost touch with a little bit and it takes a few months to get back into their uh their books if you like yeah and i think look i, I would also challenge i would also challenge tell me what you think about this mark is it, it depends what you do so definitely within sydney there's probably like i have a list and it's from a creative director friend of mine at another agency we both have the same list of like who are your freelance resource lists and there's like 15 great packaging designers seniors in Sydney, because it's packaging design, it's quite niche. You have to know quite a lot of detail. Seniors in Sydney that literally do the rounds. So here, the market is quite small. There's not that many great people. But I do always fight with myself to go, if someone else gets in touch with us and we've never used them before, give them a shot. Because how are we ever going to find the new people? But do you find that a challenge? I mean, you've established your reputation, so that probably works out better for you. Um, so what, what's the question? Do I... And so do you find that having a niche 
helps you get the work within freelance? Oh, definitely, definitely. Funny enough, I can. I had to, I had a list of my top um, three tips for freelancers, but one of those, and I'll touch on it now, is to be able to specialize. So, if I had some advice to anyone looking to go into freelance, and I'll jump onto this very quickly now because it makes sense. Gain your experience, first of all. So I wouldn't necessarily, as you said before, as a junior or midweight designer, going into freelance, into the world of freelance, you're pretty limited because you need that experience. You need to be able to leverage that experience to get these roles. More to the point is be a specialist in something. So in our case, for example, branding and packaging, which is relatively niche. Graphic design in general. Um, as a general graphic designer, you can be sort of you can be pulled from doing uh, posters, flyers, to annual reports, to brochures, to occasionally doing a bit of packaging, um, which is, I mean, brilliant if that's what you'd like to do. I, I love what we do and I love our category and I love our industry as packaging um, anyway, branding and packaging. Um, so that's what I've, how it's worked for me. But whatever case it might be, we spoke before about animation. It could be an an animation specialist, which there's a, they're hot now. They're, they are, but also to that token, and we can do this in another episode, think about how the way things are moving with AI and how technology is being able to do a lot of the do. So, you know, I've always been massively into brand strategy. So I love the thinking side of it. And I think the way that, and how quickly our industry is moving, even if you're a logo designer, there's going to be tools that can design whatever you put into its prompts. So I think there's a difference between packaging is very niche. Like it's, you know, because there are different levels of it, right? There's the thinking behind the design that you do. There's a strategic that goes into the packaging design. And then as well, there's structure, there's graphics that go on top. Now there's layering things like sustainability is a big deal. And then you've got the print and the production that also ties into sustainability and all of these different things together. So it becomes this huge vortex of lots of things all in one. So the niche is packaging. So I think that's an interesting one to be in. But I think if you said, oh, I'm a logo designer or to your point, like oh, I'm a graphic designer and I do flyers and I do social, it, it becomes a little bit more jack of all trades. I've always had an issue with the jack of all trades. Be a master of something, then you can generalize it and flex a little I bit. So, so that, I think that's a, what about your other tips, Mark? Oh, the other tips. Okay. So what we touched on experience is gain your experience, sort of learn your craft and earn your craft. It's really important. I know it's changing all the time because the market as it is today is was quite different oh, 20 odd years ago when we first started getting into it. I mean, if I started talking lecture sets, typography skill sets, which people nowadays, typography skills, are, I mean, a lot of it's automated to a certain extent, but you can see that when <laughs> you're talking about typography here. So you could probably judge me on the typography here and the kerning. But yeah, experience is the big thing for me. It's gain your experience before you start stepping through and becoming a freelancer because the more experience you get, the more leverage you've got. And I think you you better get that experience when you when you are when you're around consistent people. I, I still strongly believe that's how you get that experience. It's being around consistent people, not hop chopping everywhere. Like I think being with the people and you know, some of those will be older, some will be younger, some will have different skill sets and you learn different things from everyone, but the consistency of them and being in a studio, that I feel like that's where you learn. Like I've got, you shared a book the other day with a couple of junior designers in our team called Stop Stealing Sheep and Learn How Type Works. It's a really great book. It's an old one. You'll have looked at it at some point, but typography, to your point, typography is a real skill. And there's a lot of people out there who have no idea of the differences and the nuances and it affects how we view things and we view things at such record speed now be it moving content or static content but it's really important to learn the basics i think it's really important to learn the basics of design even layout even how you navigate look at the bauhaus techniques and look at 
how people read space and color and all those things they're super critical and they're the things that you, i think you just learn by practicing and doing massively massively and so just to round up these points here then so i had to, to three top tips um so the first of all of experience um the second one was growing your personal brand now as a freelancer this generally comes quite easy because you let's say me mark gray i then go mark gray the designer so then it's just about me exposing myself communicating marketing myself as someone who specializes in design for packaging and then more drilling down even more granular than that going into sort of branding specifically for particular industries so let's say it's fmcg or beers wines and spirits so even then you start to sort of specialize even more but growing your personal brand then becomes quite easy then it's just a case of making sure number one you've got a portfolio that's kept up to date uh, with your latest work but not just a portfolio that shows the end result a portfolio that shows how you go about getting your getting to that end result because you'll have certain skills that you want to showcase so for example the ability to sketch get across an idea quickly at the initial stages of any particular project you want to bash lots of ideas out sort of put them up on the board and say right which one of these do you think is going to work the quickest the quickest way of doing that is obviously to buy quick scamp sketches that gets the idea across quickly supported with obviously some imagery and sort of um, mood boards to a certain extent but showing your work process growing your personal brand and making sure that you communicate clearly and you can get on with people as a sort of as a people person and i think that's the most important thing amongst that as well and the last one is as we've touched on it already is just being able to specialize uh, if you specialize in something you're going to become more of a, a wanted commodity um within your world and recruiters or agencies who work agents who work on your behalf who are looking to work for you they'll find it a lot easier to find you the most appropriate work if you've specialized in something um rather than being turned into projects as you said already said and you turn up and say, I've got no experience in working on this in this category or on this particular type of work. And it happens. I've been over words at this end, right? Uh, but it hasn't happened for quite a while because, I, you know, over time I've learned that you need to tell people that's what I don't do. And I, I can do it if you want me to, but it won't be particularly well-versed. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with uh, my top tips. And what about you, Lisa? Have you got any tips for people who wanted to go freelance? Am I not that dissimilar to my um my things aren't that dissimilar to yours and i think look if you're permanent if you already have a job i think then it's harder to go freelance or that's when you really need to think about it because i think that's the dream to your point we spoke about it earlier people go oh, i want to go freelance and you're stuck in an agency and you go oh it's not better to be freelance i think it was easier for people like blanket statement during covid because a lot of people lost their jobs work shrunk we had to go out and find work so a lot of people were forced into freelance because there was no work around or you know agencies shrunk and people were made redundant and then you're kind of forced into you know well i've got to generate my own work so i think that's often how people fall into freelance by the go, well I've, I've been let go or whatever and so i'm going to try freelance now i think if you're in a job and you're thinking about it that's when i think really think about your value on and you as to your point you as a brand like what do you stand for what do you like to do what are you good at and think about your benefits to another business. So think about how you're, like, if you left here today, how are you going to approach the next business and go, I'm available for work? Don't assume that you're just going to get the work. So I think it's really hard if you're in a full, I mean, a lot of people hate their full-time job. So I think maybe they go, like, I've just had enough. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think if you're at a point where you're not enjoying your world as a creative, for whatever reason it is, think, just think about the reasons before you do it. 
Um, but I don't think that should necessarily stop you doing it. I'm a, there's a lot of positives about being freelance of all of the ones that we spoke about, the diversity, the change, the, the reset for some people. Some people go freelance. God, I just, I've been at an agency. We had someone who'd been at our agency for 15 years who left earlier this year. Like a reset. Like I just need something different. I don't want, I don't want this corporate stuff anymore. And that's cool. Like I think it's good to do it. Try it. You'll figure it out if it doesn't work out. So I think just give it a good think before you do. Think about how you will value someone else, how you will value the freelance community rather than just what's in it for you because that's what you're going to have to sell a market to, a, to an agency or whatever. Um, so and, and otherwise, I'd just follow you, Mark. I think all of your points are, are super valid. valid. Um, niche down, have something you're good at and, or you love doing. One thing I just want to add to this, Nace, is something which no one really talks about very much is – and today's a perfect example. IT, understanding IT. You touched on it before, and I'll very quickly run through it. So how COVID affected the freelance industry, um, it was pretty dramatic. It it killed a lot of fr the freelancers. and <laughs> It killed them as in they lost a lot of work. Agencies closed down. Their clients very much um closed down as well so a lot of the uh, retailers uh, shut up shop and therefore weren't pumping out any work to the agencies agencies in turn were having to get rid of the freelancers and to a certain extent get rid of some of their full times as well cut back the teams they weren't be some of them some agencies closed up At, off the back of that though a lot of people who were um in the freelance world of freelance and it also got impacted a little bit by r35 which is probably for another conversation certainly in the uk but it meant that freelancers had to then do a bit of hustling, if you like. Uh, when we started to come back, back out of COVID, a lot of freelancers were ended up going full time or thought they wanted the security because we'd lost a lot of money. Freelancers weren't eligible for furlough, which, which is where the government were giving out um, support, if you like, for people who were in full time employment. As a freelancer or contractor, a lot of us weren't eligible. So it was a real tough time. Anyone, small businesses especially, uh, well, everyone, it was a big, tough, a tough time, but how it impacted freelancers specifically, it was, it was harsh. I think the fact though, that it now, it, it now converted the world to working globally, it allowed some freelancers who were in remote locations, such as like yourself, to be able to work around the world. If you're good and you have a reputation, someone will work with you even if they're in New York. Exactly, and that brings me on to the point. How it impacted us is what it meant after that was the global platform for us to be able to reach out to happen because every agency set themselves up to then work remotely with their teams. We had to work, the agencies had to keep going somehow. And so they set up themselves, their IT infrastructure was adapted and changed. Being able, we were no longer sat in an agency uploading our files onto the local server to then get backed up you know, by their IT uh, specialist. Everyone could work remotely. We were uploading our stuff into the cloud, the IDR. People were sent home with Macs, um, so you, you're set to work remotely now. So, the, and in the freelance world, it meant that was set up specifically to be able to work remotely, which is great. And I still do this now. So, and it hasn't changed. There are agencies now who have been pressing their teams to come back into the office. Um, and it, most, I think you're probably saying this. Most will perhaps work two days in, three days off, or maybe I don't know. It's, that's a sliding scale. I mean, we do three, two as a, as a studio, so three in the studio, two at home. Um, the nature of the work that we do, the speed that we do, so when I have freelancers in generally, they're in the studio. So we try and find people who are purely because 
our jobs move so quickly. So we have a side of our business that does brand and a side that does private label. And there's a, that side of it moves so quickly. Like jobs need to be changed within hours and you need to be there on the ground. To, and, and a lot of them do teams call, but it helps to be there. That's why I try and go in when I can but to, to get that. You just, it needs to happen now. And that with time differences and stuff, it's just not an option. Um, so there's, there's four and against. It depends on the nature of the business and the work. If I have a job where someone can spend five days on it, which is rare, then, um, yeah, of course, like it's fine. It's easier to work from home, not, not a drama. Um, and we make it work. It's, it's fine to work on teams on those kind of occasions. So it depends on the nature of the work and the business that like we encourage people to come in if they're freelance, just because of the nature of work that we have them working on. As a freelancer, generally, you don't always get the juicy jobs. So you're doing all the piddly little jobs. So you have to be in the office. <laughs> It's true. It is very true. And having been in Devon now for, uh, for what, two and a half years or so, I do miss, if I'm honest, going into the agency uh, and mixing with the designers, mixing with the sort of creatives and just sat there sort of spitballing in a in a creative environment just because it's so much more, you get so much more from it. And plus it's nice to interact. When you're stuck out in the stick sometimes, it's nice to see people. And even just, and I've spoken about this before, even just the commute, when you're interacting with other brands in the capacity where you're sat on a tube or you know, going to the, re- the retail environments, even just to do a bit of research, it makes a huge difference. But I guess get back to my point about how, it's, it, how COVID impacted the freelance industry. One of the other things which is really important is, to, and I'm only saying this now because I'm in the world in this sort of space where now I've got to start upgrading my Apple, my, all my Mac stuff. And you have to keep up to speed with your IT because every agency you work with has a different structure. So they might use Slack, they might use Teams, they might use Google Hangouts. They're all different. And so you have to be flexible to be able to work with each of these agencies. Now, I've I've got so many different agencies that I work with that all work slightly differently. And each time I go, right, we go back into Teams again, back into Zoom again, uh, Zoom chats. No, they don't deal with emails. These guys only deal with emails. And it's you get you. It doesn't take long to pick it up, but you had to start. You had to just be as flexible as you can, as be as knowledge you can, and all those different bits of software. And then just keeping your Mac up to date, because you've got to understand if you're working on another Mac, it's good. You've got to be optimal, and that's financially, it's a kick out. Yeah, even your Adobe software to have the latest. Right now, there are so many updates to Adobe integrating the AI systems into it. Like, I'm, I mean, that said, trust me, if you work for a big business, IT is even harder. Like the amount of tickets that my team has to send out. Like I spend half of my life dealing with IT issues uh, and people remoting into my computer. Um, but it's important. Yeah, to your point, like they're all little things that people, when they go, I'm going to go freelance, don't think about the cost of those things. Whether you, if you have to have Zoom, you might have to have a Zoom subscription. You don't have to have a team subscription necessarily, but you're still going to have to have a Microsoft account as well as your Adobe account. And it all adds up. And I don't think everyone takes all that into you know, consideration plus you have a place to work and your electric and your internet and all those kind of things yeah. that not everyone thinks about. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's keeping your software up to date, keeping your, all your hardware up to date. Uh, and then also, as you touched on, as a freelancer, you're also then having to look after your own finances. You, just, you don't have a sort of an HR team or a, a finance team who does it. You're doing everything. So you have to, understand, you have to, to a certain extent, understand how, how to grow your own business. Uh, or your personal brand in this case, um, and then but also understanding how to when you're invoicing someone, understanding VAT uh, and, and value added tax. I think is it GST? I think in Australia, or is in the US. But nonetheless, it's, it's 
understanding those to its capacity to the point where you um, are comfortable with it and if a, and a client knows that you're doing things in the right way. Yeah, uh, look, and I think, look, to summarise and, and kind of kind of sum up all of our chat today, we've given some great tips to people who might be thinking if they want to be a freelancer. But I also think, like, if you think that it's for you, it's a challenge. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try it because you might enjoy and thrive off all of those things. Like, I like learning about the business side. I'm lucky I'm part of a business that at least nurtures and I can learn about, you know, percentages of people working on jobs and things. So if ever I decide to go freelance in the future or whatever happens in the future, I've got those skill sets. So I think sometimes even just to go freelance for a time and teach yourself those things, but I guess just to your point before, don't underestimate what's involved, but also give it a go because you can learn some really great skills that can carry you forward. Oh, hugely. And I think that sometimes there are some people who, and as you said before, some people who get forced into the world of freelance because they've lost their job in maybe redundant or you know however it might work. But then it's nothing to stop you thinking you can go back from freelance into the world of uh, being an employee um, and having that ex freelance experience can often benefit you because you're coming back with a whole different new set of skills and also having worked with freelance or as a freelancer you know what it's like then to work with freelancers you know what it's like when you're working with freelancers you say I understand what it's like because I've been in your shoes before so you know being open and honest and so they tell me can you work with it work in this you know however it might work just be honest and be open there we go Liz that is the world of freelance so if anyone wants to be a freelancer, there you go. There's a whole load of stuff that you can delve into. And it's, it's always going to be challenging. You'll be some, some months you'll be thinking, oh, I'm rolling in it. This is great. I've got back-to-back -back work. And there'll be other months where it's not necessarily coming in as much. And you do get to that point where you're thinking, where's the ne next project going to come in? Um, that's where you try and balance your client work with agency work. But then I think about yourself, Mark, and if you just look at your website and everyone go to the Blue Next website. Yeah. You, you you can reflect on, you've had that business a long time and you've kept that going while you flex between jobs and freelance. Think about how rewarding that is to have built that business. I think to reflect on that and go, actually, I did this. Like there's something really nice and really rewarding. You can be super proud of that. We, and, you know, the, the, the economy obviously brings it through stressful times at times, but it, it's a great body of work. It's really nice challenges and, and pieces that you've done. That's something we haven't touched on, Liz. I'm sorry, I know we're wrapping up here, but I think... The other thing as well, when you're as a, working as a freelancer, the work that you produce, you don't necessarily, you don't own the IP rights to that work. So let's say you can't necessarily demonstrate or um, showcase that work as your own because you're number one, you're part of the team. Number two, um, that work is, is going to be showcased by the agency you're working with. So uh, that's the other challenge you've got as a freelancer is knowing what you can and what you can't show within your own portfolio. Um I don't think there's anything wrong with showcasing a portfolio, let's say as a PDF that you send as an email, which is um, you know, not shared necessarily, but it's also you're showing some work. Some of it can be sensitive, so it is NPD work. So, yeah, it's, I, I know from my own perspective, there's some work which I've loved working on, but I don't, I don't own it. I've worked as, you know, as a freelancer. For, and sometimes you can ask, you say, do you mind if I put this onto my website? And they'll say, not a problem, but just give us some form of reference in there, um, which is great. So that's always the hard thing as a freelancer, knowing what you can and what you can't show as work. Very important. The whole, yeah, that's very important. The whole contract, because you sign the NDA when you go to work for a company, be very careful to watch your back. That's it. Yeah, I, it does make it hard, actually. As a freelancer, I have a freelance website, um, which I'll show, share with clients, uh, and that's password protected. So it's, I know it's not sort of seen, I'm, not everyone can see it. Then I have my Blue Nectar website, which is my, my own client work. Uh, so I've got a bit of both. So you try and keep them both up to date as best you can. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's it. That's trying to find that balance and then family <laughs> life too at the same time. So yeah. <laughs> that's another conversation for another day. It is. Um, I Hopefully people got some value from it. I enjoyed recapping it and talking about it and understanding some of your challenges too, Mark. Excellent. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I really appreciate this. And we're going to have to uh, do this again and very soon, hopefully, not another few weeks gap. <laughs> we'll try and get the video and sound and not repeating ourselves working too. Definitely. Yeah, this has been <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thanks ever so much. No worries. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye.